So welcome to part three of GFT's podcast on AI. My name is Simon Thompson, and I run the AI Centre of Excellence that GFT has established in the UK. I'm joined today by Nima Paxaresht, uh, who is a uh, machine learning engineer working in the, in the Cambridge Centre of Excellence with me. Nima's been working at GFT for about 18 months, but Nima, would you like to introduce yourself and uh, tell our audience about what you do and your interests? Yes, uh, I'm Nima, Nima Paksresh, working in Simon Thompson team in GFT. I've been working in GFT last 18 months, as Simon mentioned. Um, my main area of interest is uh, financial time series, but we, we do various projects in different areas, basically. Yeah, um, I think I think financial time series will be something we, we need to have a little look at in another podcast uh, in the future. Um, and I know you've been doing some interesting work recently on interpreting satellite satellite imagery as well for uh, some of our projects. Um, but I wondered if today you'd be up for a conversation around AI engineering and the work we're doing around engineering AI systems in general. Sure, that, that would be interesting. But it's a bit generic to be honest, Simon. What, what part of it you would like to basically focus? I think... Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a problem, isn't it? There's a there's it's one of those terms that's been hijacked thoroughly by everybody. I I mean, I guess for me, uh, I'm I'm interested in uh, really looking at uh, how we can produce more robust systems, how we can how we can effectively deliver. But I mean, in from your point of view, what would what would you call what would you call out as the focus of the topic if you had to say something concrete? Yeah, I, I would like to focus on two aspects, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I like to look at it as a way to have a accountable AI and a transparent AI. So basically, when it comes to engineering AI, I would like to achieve these two, two things, which is, to me is very important for the AI projects. And where, where would you take inspiration from if you were to make an analogy to um, how people have gone about working in the past, what, what would the analogy be that would underpin uh, an, approach, an approach to AI engineering today? Yeah, I, I, I look at the data scientists or myself as like experimental scientists. I look at it, look at the past, and I remember um, olden days, we, we had to work in a lab and we had lab book and every every experiment we, uh, we we used to do, we had to record it and ma make sure everything is recorded. We could come back and justify our work. And I, what I don't see as much these days is the same kind of fashion, but in a different way that I would like to see. We, we, now, do, we, we now do a lot of experiment, uh, but it's a computational one, it's a virtual one. But still, we need to be able to record what we do. We need to be able to be transparent to the people or to the uh, to the whole world to say what we have done, what experiment we have done, how we did it, and how we can actually justify our work. That's why I try to kind of look at the past and see what, how we did it, and how we can do it now to be able to keep the same basically uh, same momentum, same kind of structure. Yeah, but literally everybody uses a Jupyter notebook and just basically works in a notebook and keeps their notebooks all the time. I mean, that's just a standard practice for data science. So um, it seems to me we're doing that already, right? Uh, to be honest, Simon, uh, this is 
completely opposite to what I would like to see working. So Jupyter Notebook is, is a useful tool and everybody using it, I'm using it and I'm not uh, complaining about Jupyter Notebook, but what we need a system to be able to record any experiment we do in a Jupyter Notebook or any other IDEs. It doesn't matter if you use basically Jupyter Notebook or Jupyter Lab or any IDEs. What we not what we want is a system that they can record our experiment. You can watch what we do basically. We can uh, basically make an experiment transparent to the whole system, and and that's what I'm after. So, but Jupyter Notebook is a tool, but it doesn't it, it doesn't have a high level view of what we do basically. Yeah, I was being disingenuous, as you know. We've had a lot of conversations about this over the last uh, last eighteen months, and and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I've seen so many projects sail into into the rocks because of, of uh, people just creating notebooks and thinking that that was going to solve problems. Um, but you know, above and beyond saying, look. Jupyter notebooks aren't going to cut it. What what are the key components that you've you've built out with the team and that you're working with day to day now? I think we would like to look at the whole process as like a factory. So in a factory, you want to have uh, to want to be able to build a system that can work and then record uh, the processes, and you want to be able to go back and be able to debug and find the mistakes, find the error, and fix and rerun the whole thing. And that and that that's repetition you want to keep uh, carry on to do. So what I want from a data science kind of our data science work is kind of building this system that can we can do development, we can do the uh, model building at the same time. What we do, we can record, we can go back and basically uh, find out mistakes and issues, errors. We can go back and uh, go anywhere and justify our models with the record that we have with the recording that we have done. We can also build automation basically in a way that if we uh, if we tag a model as a kind of uh, as a product production model, then we can have it in a whole system that we can build DevOps, we can build automation that uh, deploy the, uh, the model for our work. So you just look at it as a as a as a factory. So how, what what do they do? So they is a virtual one, but we still need the same kind of a structure to be able to manage the whole process. Yeah, diving down. More specifically and deeper, though, what what are the key parts of that process? What are the uh, what's the flow that we need to be on top of, uh, and how do we how, how do we be on top of that? What what are the things that we use to to do the job? So, uh, if I want to categorize the work, I would say the first part is the data. So we need need the data as always. We but we need a way to be able to basically archive the data and monitor the data that we use and the quality check we have done. Everything needs to be recorded. At the moment, we basically use the current available tools for this work. We use um, we use Airflow, for example, as a way to automate the whole process. But at the same time, Airflow, we use MLflow connected to the Airflow to be able to record basically are in uh, tag our incoming data and we to be able to be go back and basically know what we what data we use for what part of work and the second stage was when we process the data where we manage to do quality check and any process that we need to we need to build the model that that part also we run the experiment and each experiment produce some parameters and it's some parameters in it 
you build the model and everything is again needs to be recorded at that that point and still we use some tools like mlflow to be able to record every 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 experiment we do and i would say the last part is to to serve the model so in that part also we would like to have a system to be able to record what we actually serving so and be able to go back saying this is the this is the model that we use and this is the prediction we do and be able to be accountable for the all the uh, system that we deploy and also be able to go back and debug the the whole process again with that one currently we use something like mlflow with the logging in the, uh, google clouds and also uh airflow in some cases mm. Yeah, so so it, it seems to me there are a number of parts to that. One is uh, recording the activities of, of the team, who did what when, to actually create the models. And 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 I think what I'm hearing is that the, there's often a view that that's a snapshot, but in fact there's a long process of, of interactions and interventions that lead up to the modeling process and the experiments that the data scientists do and, and get recorded in something like MLflow. Uh, and then there's the chain of custody out to the inference service where we need to be sure that the model that is recorded as producing the results that justify its selection, that that that, that we are getting that right, that we, you know, our our choice of model is reflected in the inference service and that that we can we can demonstrate that and we know that uh and then and then i think i'm i'm hearing a last bit which is around well what does the model do in service then what what happens in service so do you you know looking across that flow do you do you see a a, a particular tool that that does everything you referenced ml flow a lot or, or are there different requirements that you think uh, dictate um, a more portfolio approach? I think uh, just to summarize, I don't think there's one tool that does everything for us at the mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And I think toward the end of both sides of our process, we have uh, we have kind of lack of uh, tools and, and infrastructure to use. What I mean by that is from data side, when the data comes, we still don't have enough cataloging tools to be able to know exactly what data has been used and what chunk of data to what date it used, what changes has been made to the data. Those things are complicated cataloging uh, activities that mm. I don't think there is one particular tool can satisfy all them, all of them. And toward the end of the process, so a lot of a lot of work I see is. They, they 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 think of when they serve the model is the end of the story. That's not true to me. That's just the start to me. Just because a lot of the models are very quick and in short time can turn to be a random generator or anything, basically. That's where you want to make sure you pick up the time that you have to update the model or you have to stop the model. For that part also, I don't think there's one tool that basically can help us to to monitor our model, but there are tools that we can use or uh, to help. But that's the bit also I need, I need, we need to I think to be honest, focus and improve because it is very important to be able to uh, to monitor the model and the whole AI system be accountable at at any point in the future, and not think this is the job done, not think of job done when you deploy because that's just a start to me basically. 
Yeah, I think I think the professionalism, you know, the professional attitude that you're 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 talking through there is uh, is really important, and it and and it's really coming out in what you're saying. Uh, and and I think there are very few people who would argue against you in you know an open forum. But I I do get the feeling that quite often our customers are shocked when they see the infrastructure that we're suggesting needs to go on top of the AI and ML process in order to produce an effective result or a, an, an accountable, uh, manageable, governable result. And, and I, I think one of the things that probably I struggle to articulate is what the downside of not doing this would be. And that, do you have any feel for what risks people are running if they if they don't they don't take this kind of approach and 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 try and achieve this level of uh, of documentation and and management it depends to be honest with which industry you work i at least have few examples that people didn't follow the same structure and they in a really financial world and and they lost those of money so basically so I know they if they they may argue against it before actually implementing the whole system because it might yeah. be more costly, it might be more time consuming. But uh, over the long term period, they will understand, or at least the people who have used these uh, kind of tools realize this AI can be also it, while it's very useful, it can be very risky also. And then, yeah. then, then the warp of basically are, I would say, we need to, we need to uh, work on it. We need to basically be honest. We need to show them the risk and tell them the risk. And the risk is high if, if you don't follow the uh, as, uh, guideline, because you can easily basically turn, uh, let's imagine you have a financial time series model that runs and then you think it works very perfectly and you uh, making money, the PNL is fine, but who knows at some point that the data changes or the market changes, the environment changes, and that can turn to the random generator in a couple of days, or maybe in a high frequency trade, it just can uh, take a big chunk of your profit or your asset, basically. Uh, that, that can happen, that's a real thing, and it has happened. So what we need to do, basically, we need to, we need to worry about those things. I need to let the, People know this can happen, and it's not for the for us to make a decision. Probably for them to make a decision, but they need to know basically. Yeah, there's that that real world business liability challenge. I think I think the other thing that's very clear in my mind at the minute is the regulatory risk. Uh, you know, especially seeing the new draft legislation from the EU, it's it's pretty clear that that regulators all over the world are moving towards requirements for documentation and governance and process management for AI system development. And people who haven't done that are going to be left with a, a legacy that, that's going to be very problematic and require a lot of work to clear up. Yeah, okay. So I mean, when we talked about doing this podcast, that those were all the topics that we we discussed. Have you have you got any views about anything that's left out or anything extra that the community needs to address is there is there anything on your mind as 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 a key topic for the future here I, 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 in this area i would like to i would like to spend i mean i would like to suggest community to look at the these two tail of process basically start a name and i think that's very important the middle one is i mean largely handled by the available tools and and 
I think has been the focus of the uh, the community, the experimentation, for example, like MLflow, mm -hmm. similar mm -hmm. tools. But those two tell, I think, left alone more or less at the moment. Yeah, and I would like to suggest basically think about those parts because those parts are so important. Is that the first part of uh, the garbage in, garbage out rule, basically. If you mm -hmm. not manage to recover what you basically pushing to your system, then uh, you may end up producing bad result. And the second part is the risk assessment. So we need to we need to always think about risk. And you need to always not only follow the regulators' rules up, but also to avoid any unnecessary risk that we that we can that we can stop. Basically, that's the part we need to think, and we need to make sure we consider all the all the possible situation that we can consider and we can uh, avoid and record them, stop them happening. I couldn't agree more. Um, I'd just like to thank you very much for your time coming on to uh, this podcast, Nima, and for the preparation and discussions that we had uh, sorting it out. So thanks very much. I hope I hope that you found it as interesting as I have. Thank you, Simon. It was great talking to you, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a good topic to talk, and we can do more. Thanks again. Okay. Thank Bye. You. Bye.